He stood before the opened wardrobe door, looking at himself in the long mirror where they'd so often stood side by side to admire one another in the halcyon days before she was taken ill. And he ached with the need to see her again, just once, just for five minutes. That was all he needed, just five minutes. It was all foolishness. He knew that. Just as he knew he never could see her again. Never, ever. His life with her was over and done with, but he grieved for her nevertheless. He couldn't help it. He stood bleakly before the long, neat rails full of useless, expensive clothes and frowned at himself in the implacable mirror. There were things to be done. He must choose what he was going to wear, close the door on that awful, empty reflection and get on with the day. The blue check shirt, perhaps. But maybe checks wouldn't look businesslike. A crisp white would be better, with grey trousers and his grey-blue Pringle sweater. He remembered that that was what he'd worn the last time he'd had a difficult buyer to persuade, and it had worked well then. Not that he was expecting Aggie's artist friend to be difficult. She seemed an amiable sort of girl, a bit shy, but not difficult. But there were things about her that made him feel he should treat her carefully, and it was as well to be on the safe side as far as possible. For a start, although she hadn't made it explicit, he'd understood from her guarded body cues that she wasn't particularly keen on selling her picture of the mermaid, and the more he thought about that picture, the more he wanted to buy it. He'd had the strongest reaction to it the moment he saw it. A gut reaction, of course, but none the less valuable for that because he was sure it was right. This unusual, beautiful image could be just the thing to restore the firm's failing fortune. And with Candida gone, the firm was the most important thing in his life. But I mustn't rush her, he told himself as he buttoned his white shirt. She's gentle and vulnerable, and that wouldn't do at all. When Geoffrey Wormsley set off for his tedious drive to Streatham, he was in such a bad mood he didn't stop to think how he should be dressed. It wasn't until he was inching past the Streatham home Frankirables that it dawned on him that he should have put on some style for a visit to a boutique, and by that time it was too late for him to do anything about it. He sat in the long traffic jam, drumming his fingers on the steering wheel and scowling. Being constantly thwarted was making him irritable. He was beginning to feel that all the people he came into contact with were deliberately going out of their way to make things difficult for him. He was still simmering with resentment at the way that stupid green-nailed girl had treated him, and now he'd got to try and charm the truth out of that grisly old bat in the boutique without letting her know that Fran had walked out on him. Life was very unfair. The grisly old bat was stroking the gowns on one of her gilded racks when he walked in. She was so totally artificial that the sight of her made him wince. Artificial women always set his teeth on edge, and this one was worse than most. She was wearing a powder blue trouser suit that emphasised how impossibly thin she was. Her hair looked exactly like candy floss above her raddled face, and she had far too many diamond rings on those bony fingers. Downright ostentatious, and he wouldn't mind betting half of them were glass. Turn on the charm, he reminded himself. You're going to need every ounce you can summon up if you're going to outwit this one. And he advanced towards her, smiling his practiced smile. 
She turned towards the sound of his entry, wearing her own professional face complete with smarmy smile. Then she saw who it was and changed her expression. Oh, she said, it's you. I hope you're not going to stay long. I'm expecting some important customers this morning. I was just passing by, he said, and I thought, being in the area, I really ought to pop in and tell you how sorry I was to hear about your relation. And he gave her the benefit of his sympathetic smile, being so ill and all that. She looked surprised, her painted eyebrows rising into the candy floss. Then she scowled. What are you talking about? she said, turning back to the gowns. What relation? I haven't got any relations, unless you count Francesca. The one who's so ill, he explained in Sussex. You don't listen, do you? she said, not looking at him. I haven't got any relations, none at all. Not here, not in Sussex, not anywhere. He tried to make